KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon, hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com. A Kentucky grand jury brought no charges against Louisville police for the killing of Breonna Taylor during a drug raid gone wrong. Prosecutors said Wednesday that two officers who fired their weapons at the black woman were justified in using force to protect themselves after they were shot at. The only charges brought by the grand jury were three counts of wanton endangerment against fired officer Brett Hankinson for shooting into Taylor's neighbor's home during the raid back in March. Protesters across the county took to the streets after the announcement was made. Here in San Diego, protests were planned downtown. Organizers asking people to show up to continue demanding justice for Taylor and other black people killed by police in recent months. California is aiming to phase out gas-powered vehicles in an effort to cut carbon emissions and slow climate change. Governor Gavin Newsom signed an executive order on Wednesday that would ban sales of new cars with combustible engines by 2035. Of all the simultaneous crises that we face as a state, and I would argue as a nation, uh, from a global perspective, none is more impactful, none is more forceful uh, than the issue of the climate crisis. And that's exactly what we're advancing here today, uh, is a strategy to address that crisis head on. That order, by the way, would still allow Californians to own and buy used gas-fueled cars after the phase-out. 278 more people tested positive for coronavirus in San Diego County. That pushes the region's tally past 45,400. And another two people died for a total of 767. If it seems like this rising death toll locally and nationally is becoming normalized, the county's Dr. Eric McDonald put it into perspective. COVID-19 is now the sixth leading cause of death in San Diego County. And McDonald's expects that trend to continue. That's you know really quite concerning. It's actually rapidly rising on uh, accidents, and I would not be surprised if it uh, uh, comes into the top four uh, by the end of the year. More people are doing drugs during the pandemic. That's according to a study released yesterday. It was co-authored by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and San Diego-based Millennium Health. They found that drug test positivity rates for cocaine, fentanyl, heroin, and methamphetamine have increased nationwide during the COVID-19 pandemic. From KPBS, I'm Kinsey Moreland, and I am still here sitting in for Annika Colbert for the next few days. It is Thursday, September 24th, and you are listening to San Diego News Matters. That is our daily news podcast powered by everyone in the KPBS newsroom. Don't go anywhere. Seriously, stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu. 
On Wednesday, the mayor's office announced that it's opening up an auction for utilities to bid for a multi-decade energy franchise agreement with the city of San Diego. Deputy Chief Operating Officer Eric Caldwell says this new deal offers more oversight over the winning utility. The franchise agreement that's proposed has infinitely more enforcement capabilities than the existing franchise agreement. The old franchise agreement did not have an audit provision. We now have one every two years. Still, though, some community members say those audits will not have any teeth. KPBS science and technology reporter Shalina Chetlani has more. On two separate occasions, city council members could not agree on how to set the terms of the franchise deal. But Mayor Kevin Faulkner said he would go ahead. In a press release, the city is asking a utility to minimally bid $80 million for this multi-billion dollar contract. That's an increase from the previous number, but the agreement doesn't include some provisions council members and advocates asked for, like the option for the city to branch off from a poorly performing utility and form city-owned power instead, said Matthew Vasilakis of the Climate Action Campaign. The mayor is heading out of office, and he's crafted a sweetheart deal for his friends at SDG&E, a deal that puts SDG&E interests ahead of taxpayers, Though some city leaders say the process was fair and San Diego always has the right to sue a utility and take over its infrastructure. Still, climate activists and some community members will try to block any agreement with a bidding utility when it comes up for a vote at city council. The Padres development team that put together Petco Park has been chosen to revitalize Tailgate Park. The construction would cover a four-block area in San Diego's East Village. Simon Andrews is the vice president of the East Village Association. He says the new development is expected to bolster the economy there. But he is also concerned about the many homeless people who use resources in the surrounding area. I'm hoping that some of the initiatives that are happening now currently within the county and the city to house homeless will really address a lot of that. KPBS reporter Jacob Ayer has more on the story. The Padres' plan is to transform a parking lot into a destination with housing, public plazas, and both retail and office space. Eric Gruppner is the Padres president of Business Operations. He says the new space will also include green rooftops, additional parking, and capacity for Padres watch parties and live performances. As part of our overall vision for this site, we're actually going to add 600 parking spaces beyond the 1,000 that are here right now in a new state-of-the-art parking structure. The next step is to take the selection committee's recommendation to the city council. If approved, a final agreement with the Padres development team is expected to happen by mid-2021. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. The top Navy SEAL is moving on. KPBS military reporter Steve Walsh says Rear Admiral Colin Green seems to have survived his run-in with President Trump last year. Last fall, many thought Green's career might be over when he tried to remove Edward Gallagher from the Navy SEALs. Gallagher was convicted of a single count during his war crimes trial. Navy Secretary Richard Spencer actually resigned after President Trump ordered him to stop the process. David Maxwell is a former Special Forces colonel. If Colin Green had resigned or been forced to resign, I think that would have sent the wrong message to the force. And, you know, it might not have recovered from that. Instead, Green is moving on to become Chief of Staff for U.S. Special Operations Command. In his final email to the SEALs obtained by KPBS, Green says he is proud of how his team overcame adversity and faced challenges that we could not anticipate. 
The University of California and a San Diego doctor are going to court over a $10 million research donation. Our partner iNewsource investigated the doctor's activities earlier this year. Now iNewsource reporter Jill Castellano has the latest. Last week, the UC system sued Dr. Kevin Murphy, a former vice chair at UC San Diego, claiming he misspent the $10 million to enrich himself and his private businesses. The next day, Murphy sued the UC system, claiming administrators blocked him from doing research and retaliated against him when he filed complaints. Murphy was supposed to use the money to study an experimental brain treatment he developed. Almost $7 million has been spent and no research has been performed. For more on Dr. Murphy and the research money, go to inewsource.org. Lots of San Diego County farmers were initially left out of federal COVID-19 relief programs, but that is now changing. In another story from our partners at iNewsource, reporter Camille Von Canel explains. Flowers and nursery plants are the region's most valuable crops. But when the government offered aid earlier this year to farmers for coronavirus-related losses, these kinds of crops weren't covered. Now they are. Starting this week, growers of flowers and specialty fruit can apply to get some of the $14 billion in new federal funds. Michael Milano heads a flower company with fields near Camp Pendleton that saw sales plummet this year. He worries he may not recapture the part of his business that has moved abroad. Certainly it's going to significantly change and the coming months will dictate our ability to, to remain open. The federal aid will help and he's applying for it. And those two last stories are from iNewsource, an independently funded nonprofit partner of KPBS. An urban farm in City Heights is becoming an anchor for the community amid the pandemic, letting people pay what they can for fresh food. In this audio postcard from our Speak City Heights partner, Media Arts Center San Diego, a La Vuelta farm co-owner Adriana Barraza tells us more about how they're keeping City Heights fed. A La Vuelta Farm is a partnership, and um, it's myself and, and my neighbor and old friend Rika. And we grow microgreens and shoots here in City Heights um, with the goal of making fresh food more accessible and affordable in our area. One of the reasons why we, we focused on, on City Heights is because in our farm as Ala Vuelta Farm, we, we always envision this as being a business that's a kind of force against gentrification. And so we want to grow these delicious, you know, beautiful greens, but not just go and sell them in La Jolla. There's a lot of immigrants here in this neighborhood and everywhere, um, Mexican immigrants, Latino immigrants, but also from all over the world that have these ways of of eating and existing and living that's more in connection to to the land and the seasons but when they immigrate there's this idea that you have to you know assimilate or adapt to the way of life here there's this quick loss that happens from like our our traditions and so people think that's just not possible to have that fresh you know the fresh greens that you used to harvest the the chiles the you know whatever some of our neighbors come by and they see what we're growing in the front yard. They're like, what? You have chilte bean. This is amazing. You know, I didn't think you can even grow these. I thought they had to be wild harvested. And so, so there's a reawakening, I think, that happens when people start seeing like small urban farms that are growing these traditional foods. And there's also just the, that it feels like, oh, wow, this is worth doing and it can be done. 
It's been really cool to see our customer base growing here at, in City Heights at the Fairmount Urban Garden uh, pop-up on Saturdays uh, because we do have a lot of um, Latino women and families and kids that are that are excited to be picking up their pepinos and we it's pretty cool because some of them share their photos with us of the kids super excited eating what, what was in the box this week the strawberries the the watermelon it's been really fulfilling for me to find myself in this role of being able to share healthy food and the recipes and the access with other people in my family first and foremost and in my neighborhood Having the core of our business be committed to equity was there from the start. And then with COVID, you know, we see that there's so many people that are unemployed right now or, or struggling and having the superpower to grow fresh food and be able to share it with our communities is something that we're really like excited to share. So pay what you can is, is just feel like that's the only just way to, to, be, to be functioning right now in these times, you know? because it's not all about profits. It's about sustainability and how do we keep not just ourselves in, in a safe place that feels stable, but our communities. And that audio postcard from La Vuelta Farm co-founder Adriana Barraza. Coming up, Puppets can be used for more than just child's play. How local creatives are using puppets as tools for social commentary and entertainment. That story after a quick break. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org. The Society of Wonder suggests that every backyard contains a secret portal to an underground kingdom of inspiration and hope. The six-part series of videos just premiered online as the latest entry in La Jolla Playhouse's Without Walls Festival. They are also calling it the Digital Wow Festival. KPBS arts reporter Beth Alcamando speaks with Animal Cracker Conspiracy about the series, which uses puppets for social commentary and entertainment. During Nazi occupation, Czech puppeteers delivered anti-fascist themes through illegal underground performances called daisies. That history of radical puppetry is something Bridget Roundtree wants to tap into. You have the possibility to comment and say things that humans can't necessarily get away with saying. It's something that's kind of considered maybe for children or, or not seen as something that could potentially have a dangerous message or political message or social message. And so it's been able to kind of hide in plain sight and comment and do things for centuries. Roundtree, along with Ian Gunn, are Animal Cracker Conspiracy, a San Diego-based puppet company. Since they can't perform live because of COVID, their latest project, The Society of Wonder, just launched online as part of La Jolla Playhouse's Digital Wow or Without Walls Festival. Gunn describes it as... A mysterious series of five-minute videos that introduce you to five unexpected characters who are brought together through coincidence, serendipity, and happenstance to form um, a society that reflects 
or is empowered by their gifts, their uniqueness. It's a production that's arisen out of quarantine and the inability to get exactly what you want when you want it. So the pair made sets, props, and puppets from what they had lying around the house, like paper, cardboard, and masking tape. So what we want people to experience is the wonder of what our human imagination is capable of in terms of taking crude and easily accessible materials and turning them into a story, creating a world out of that. A world that pays homage to film noir and old radio serials. Gunn says it also draws on the street puppets of Java and Bali. They're carved wooden heads. They have a torso that is suspended so it can turn, so the shoulders can turn. Bridget and I paper mache them and she added in texture of vintage newspapers. So there's actually words and language like embedded into their faces and into their arms. Gun and Roundtree created six puppet characters that have a retro feel, yet also seem to be from a world very much like our own. So it's an alternate reality, but it relates to a lot of the issues that we're dealing with environmentally, socially, and politically. Definitely with an absurd tone. And that feels very timely right now. Helping to bring this alternate reality to life is Margaret Noble. I list myself as sound designer, but there's many elements to sound design. Sometimes it's composing sounds, sometimes it's recording sounds, sometimes it's collaging and cutting up sounds. But essentially it's putting together lots of little tiny pieces to make the world come alive, the visual world. The puppets don't speak, so Noble has to create sounds that evoke their inner emotions. Roundtree says Noble employs a lot of layered sounds. She paces it, sets the pace, sets the environment through sound, and then she also creating their voices, which she threads through. So she's always reinforcing the story in that way. She's fantastic. Creating a brave new world through puppets can be liberating, says Noble. If you're doing live action, realistic sound, you're very focused on being as accurate as possible. But here there's no boundaries. Any puppet could make any sound. Any world could make any sound. Sound doesn't have to be literal. And often it's more interesting when it isn't and it's symbolic or expressive. And it has a little bit of darkness and mystery. There are many mysteries to unpack with each episode of The Society of Wonder. So sign up to be wowed by the latest entry in La Jolla Playhouse's Without Walls Festival. Beth Accomando, KPBS News. The first episode of Animal Cracker Conspiracy's Society of Wonder, by the way, is now available for free through the La Jolla Playhouse's Digital Wow Festival. And that is a wrap. That's all for today. You can always find the latest breaking news online at kpbs.org. And while you're there, consider clicking that blue Give Now button and becoming a member. We would love to have you join the KPBS family. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. 
That's right. This year we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com.